0: Well, hello and welcome to episode 57 of Three Point Podcast. This is the podcast that has that special look at the Michigan pro, college, and high school sports scene. Also, the big national stories, pop culture, and current events from three different generations. I'm the baby boomer, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. From ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, is our Gen Xer and social media expert, Matt Burns. Our millennial viewpoints, they're going to be coming from Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. The Greatest Generation's Jack Strapp will also be joining us again throughout the show tonight. Our special pod partners include Rivals Tap House & Grill, Corona Public Schools, and The Corona Connection. And Three Point Podcast welcomes Sheridan Realty, and auction company, to our team. Take a look online at SheridanAuctionService.com. Subscribe, give us a rating on Apple iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Three Point Pod. Well, boys, it was a little debatable that we'd even get this pod recorded tonight. We're recording this on Monday, and, of course, uh, here in Michigan, got hit with some snow.
1: Obviously, growing up in Michigan, I've been through these kind of things before. I don't know about something like this. I mean, they're saying, what, the coldest in 25 or 30 years it might be the next couple days?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think on Wednesday it's supposed to be somewhere in actual air temperature round 10 to 15 below zero here in Owasso, and I don't know what it is in Grand Rapids. I know you got hit with some snow too, didn't you, Jerry?
2: Yeah, it, it's almost like a zombie apocalypse here, so <laughs> listen to this story. It's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad, so I was walking down uh, the sidewalk today, and a person that lives in my building slipped, and he's a bigger guy, uh, he slipped and fell on his shoulder. Uh-oh. I helped him up. He was pretty hurt, bad, uh, hurt pretty bad. And then I see him later today. He has a cast on his shoulder. He broke his shoulder. Wow. When you get those announcements and you kind of scoff at it, like, stay inside for your safety. It's true. This guy broke his shoulder, like, right in front of my very own two eyes.
1: I got to ask, I I don't know why, this was my first thought. Was there salt on the sidewalk, or, like, could he go back and, like, sue the apartment complex or something like that
2: well it just happened today so i haven't had any further updates uh i'll try to find out more like i said he lives in my building so i'll probably see him around and i'll ask how that all went down they've been trying to clean up the sidewalks here but when you get 13 inches within 24 hours i mean there's only so much you can do and salt there's only so much a little bit of salt can do
1: yeah and that's what i was gonna say they talk about like when it gets to a certain temperature the salt like it doesn't even do anything so like you can spread all the salt you want but if it's minus 20 It's just going to be laying on top of the ice, not doing anything.
0: I don't know about you guys, but Jared might appreciate this. You know – I've always been this way when there's ice and it's really slippery out. But when when it's that way, my wife's always telling me, "Oh, be careful out there," you know. And, and I tell her, "Listen, you don't have to worry about me because when it's icy, when it's slick, I walk like my mother. She takes like one inch steps, and I find myself doing that when it's real slippery, especially now with a new hip.
1: Again, we're recording one day down here in Charlotte. It was like 58 degrees. I went to the park with my daughter, and it was oh. like it was like warm out. And I still sometimes just, like, forget, you know, I I get on Facebook all my friends and family and everyone that's still up in Michigan, and they're, like, out in the snow, 12 inches of snow, you know, like, it's bundling up for this polar vortex. It's just kind of crazy to think about it like that.
2: You know something that I don't understand? How have we not improved on the salt solution to snow? Shouldn't there be some other better way? I mean, we can put people on the moon. We're talking about sending people to Mars. We got the Elon. You know what? Let's get Elon Musk and let's have him come up with a better solution to the problem than putting salt on the roads. Well, the there's got to be something better out there.
0: The thing is, the salt really isn't to attack the snow; it's for the ice.
1: Right when it's on the ice, and it's kind of like heat or the sun kind of activates it. Right, uh, it melts the ice or whatever. So, but right, if it's if it's too cold, it doesn't do anything. You know, one thing that's at, up at the ESPN campus, campus up in Bristol. There's uh, in between two of the buildings. It's like a huge, I guess, quad, if you want to call it that, like just a huge sidewalk area with some tables and stuff like that or whatever. They set up some events there sometimes, but that sidewalk, it's brick, is heated underneath it, so whenever it's, uh, you know, snow, ice or whatever, you know, every other sidewalk they have to ice, shovel, or salt, shovel, whatever. That one, perfectly clear. No ice, and sometimes there's like steam coming off it, but no ice, maybe it's a little wet, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a heated sidewalk. So, yeah, Jared, I, I don't know. It'd probably be a little pricey, but why can't they do that to the roads? Heated roads. No, I like no. that. No,
2: it's funny you say that. That's what That was one of the selling points here at Grand Valley. Yeah, we have heated sidewalks. Huh. They do not. There's no heated sidewalk here. Or if there is, it's maybe around, like, one or two buildings. The sidewalks are not heated. <laughs> and you know what? Something I was just thinking about with the, like, creation of, like, self-driving cars, how are they going to do that with, like, snowy and icy roads?
1: Maybe, like, it'll be, like, a smartphone type of thing. Like, it'll recognize what the weather is like. So if it's below a certain temperature, if it knows it's snowing, it'll slow down. But, right, yeah, like, if it's, like, it is up in Michigan right now, going down the highways, it's still going to try and go, like, 75, 80 miles an
0: hour. Well, you know, let, here in uh, here in our county, we just had a, an announcement that they're going to put in a big solar farm out in the Lennon area. And why not somebody get creative and, you know, along our state highways – You know, instead of having uh, the the sound walls on the side, maybe have the sound walls, but uh, have uh, solar panels along the highways to heat the roads.
1: Yeah, I feel like you you could do a lot more with the solar panels. I I feel like I've seen more like uh, stoplights and other like traffic signals or whatever with solar panels on them. So, yeah, just throw a bunch of solar panels up along the road, heat the roads up.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, we're off to a scintillating start on this (laughs) podcast 57. Let's get into some Super Bowl talk, boys. Well, Scott, uh, we appreciate you joining us here. You know, we've already talked a little bit about the polar vortex, and I know for you to join us tonight, you had to do some extra duties.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, every once in a while uh, when you get these storms coming in and stuff like that, our our parking lot here at TV5 will turn into one big snow zone. And um, the funny thing is is that I think probably the roads are better than our parking lot for sure. So (laughs) it's one of those things where... Uh, You just have to get out there and, uh, you know, help a couple of people out to get out of the parking lot, you know, and uh, hopefully you can get out of the parking lot later tonight as well. So that's what uh – that's what happens around here every once in a while.
0: Yeah, well, we got hit with a good one, and it's the same way here in Owasso. I had no problem coming down M52 to get into O-Town, but then uh, the streets and, uh, you know, the parking situation, still not very good, and we're going to have more weather to come. Now, I want to set the stage a little bit about uh, you. We've known each other for a long time, but Scott migrated to mid-Michigan in 1996 from California. That's uh quite a stretch from california to this michigan weather but now you've made your home here in this state and you know doing a great job covering sports including one of the real pioneers of the friday night high school sports shows and i think that's one of the things you you just really keep your hanging your hat on and do a great job with you and uh, jason
3: oh yeah well you know that's there's, uh, there's something that uh, you know i got asked once upon a time um, an interesting um, uh, question when i was applying for a job you know you go out on a job interview and they ask you what you're most proud of uh, this one person asked me, and I said, "I'm going to oh, yeah. so That's a great interview question. What are you most proud of, other than your family, of course?" And you know, some of those uh, you know layup answers. And he was talking about my career and stuff like that. And said, well, so the fact of the matter is, is the each market that I've been in, from the the opening of one when I was uh, in uh, Eureka, California, in the late '80s, early '90s, and when I went to Reno, Nevada. Um, And coming here was the fact that I started the Friday Night Lights show. There was not a Friday Night Lights show on in this area. And uh, so that was something that, uh, you know, coming into this market and coming into the market uh, when I did back in 1996, I just thought that was, you know, the way to kind of, you know, get out there and get into the, um, you know, public and try to, you know, do something that had not been done before. And um, sure enough, uh, you know, after about a year, I think Phi uh, followed, uh, you know, followed us and you know, doing another show. And actually, it took well about two, three years after that before they decided to jump into it. So uh, I, I was, uh, I'm very happy to be able to sit there and say I changed the market as far as uh, this is concerned.
0: Well, you know, we had a lot of fun too. I know uh, we kind of partnered together a little bit. Uh, we were getting a lot of scores called into us, and we'd kind of interface with each other back in the day here at the castle. And uh, it, it's been, it's been a fun ride for that, that amount of time. It really has.
3: Oh, it's been a great ride. Just think about it. It's just that you and I don't talk as much as we did before because of the fact that, you know, the Internet has actually, you know, grown in that department where, um, you know, you can pick off a score from Twitter here and there. Back exactly. And we, you know, we didn't get a phone call in. We had to make phone calls. And, you know, it's kind of funny is that the other day we were looking for a score. You know, you, you would sit there and go through a roster and you would pick out the, the, you know, the kid's last name that was, Maybe the most difficult to spell. Then you could go to the what we, what we used to call the old phone book. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember phone books. And you used to look them up and go, okay. Hold oh, on. Here's this unique name. Go down the list. Go. Ah, this one lives right here in New Lotus. Yeah, that's that, that's that's probably the same family. You call that one up like that. Hey, you know did you um, you know is David there, and uh, did uh, you know you happen to have a final score for the basketball game tonight? And they go, oh no no, I'm uh, I'm the uncle. <laughs> So, you know, you would track down scores any way you possibly can, and, you know, the great thing about, uh, you know, about us being TV, you being radio and the newspaper and stuff like that, you know, we're all in competition with each other, there's no question about that, but at the same time, we're all trying to serve the public, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, highlighting these different athletes and these different towns and these different sports and stuff like that, so... I, you know, we never had, a, you know, a problem just going ahead and saying, yeah, yeah, what was the score? That Owasso-Corona game? Okay, got it. Hey, you need this score here from your local defend that's
0: just You got, got it, man. Well, great cooperation throughout the time, so, and, and, and it, it's always been a lot of fun for sure. So we really have you here tonight. We want to get your thoughts on uh, the NFL, the Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl podcast. Uh, first of all, Uh, last weekend, you know, we had quite the discussion on uh, the two overtime games, the controversies, everything that went on last week. Before we set the stage for the Super Bowl, just thoughts on last weekend, or two weekends ago I guess it was.
3: Well, what a great uh, weekend for uh, football, huh? Two games going to overtime, that was absolutely special now, let's face it, though. You know, here we are in a day and age with uh, you know, all this technology and that Rams, uh, you know, penalty. is just going to haunt this sport for quite a few years to come. I mean, it was I, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, that was the worst call than maybe uh, you know Gallaraga's uh, no hitter there, you know, a few years ago. It was just absolutely just uh, you know incredible to see that that you know something like that could happen at this stage of the game. And I just think it was some of these officials were, you know, they were trying to let them play a little bit. They didn't want to be the ones that you know deciding the game by any stretch of the imagination. But somebody's got to reach in there, you know, and throw that hanky at that time. So that was uh, very unfortunate. And you know the other controversy goes back to the you know the overtime rule, and I think that's always going to be a controversy, And no matter how you kind of go out there and throw it up there, uh, whether it's sudden death or this team gets the ball, they score a touchdown, or both teams get it, you know, the, the possession. Go to the college uh, uh, way they do overtime. I, I don't think it's going to make anybody happy at you know you know at any time. Uh, but the, the bottom line is that the Kansas City Chiefs did have a chance to stop that team multiple times on that one drive. So I just think you gotta do is you gotta hand, uh, you know, take your hat off here to Tom Brady, uh, for simply just getting it done. Because it wasn't, uh, uh you know, like they just kind of moved their way down the field with, you know, a big chunk play, a big chunk play. They were converting third down. And, uh, so I don't have a, as much of a problem with, uh, I would have liked to see Patrick McCombs get a you know, a shot at it here, but, At the same time, seeing Brady do what what Brady does, even though we've seen it enough already, I'm already kind of getting tired of it myself. But Hmm. uh, to see what he did was fantastic.
2: So, Scott, uh, you mentioned uh, the Amando Galarraga play. You grew up in California your whole life, moved to Michigan in 1996. So I have a two-part question for you. Are are you a fan – do you consider yourself a fan of Detroit sports? And the second part of that is if you are – me, as somebody that's lived in Michigan my whole life, should I be okay with you adopting yourself as a Detroit sports fan?
3: Well, um, that's kind of an interesting question because, uh, no, I really haven't since there became a full-fledged Detroit sports fan. When I first, you know, Let me just say this. When I first landed in this state, when I got off the plane, I kind of learned right away that Michigan and Michigan State <laughs> were in-laws. You're two, uh, You're married into a family, and here's your two brother-in-laws, and uh, that's the way I've always kind of approached it, just to kind of get myself, you know, a, you know, room to be able to talk about both of them, and you know that I'm going to give you the honest answer to what's going on with either program, whatever it's football, basketball, whatever it happens to be. So that's the way I've always approached that. But uh, I was very unpopular here until you know 2012 with the Tigers because I was a San Francisco Giants guy. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my team. That's the team I grew up loving. I worked for the team for a little bit as a security guard at Candlestick Park. So, you know, you can't get that your boyhood teams out of you. Um, it's been a little bit easier to kind of get the 49ers out of me here <laughs> over the last, what, 10, 15 years or whatever it's been since they have, uh, since the turn of the century where they haven't played too well. Uh, but, no, I really haven't been a, a Lions fan. I really haven't been a Pistons fan. If there was one team of the, the four that I would sit there and turn around and say, yeah, I kind of became a little bit of a fan of them, that would probably be the Red Wings. But, okay. uh, you know, really, um, I really have tried to keep my, my distance from them from the standpoint that I felt like I was given a gift coming to the state, not having allegiance, and being able to tell you what I think of all the programs without, uh, you know, any bias.
2: Okay, so here's a shout-out, Cannon. So San Francisco Giants are playing the Detroit Tigers, and you're, you're a company man. You're probably going to have better viewers and be able to drum up more sponsorships if the Tigers win the World Series. But if the Giants win, you're a Giants fan. Who are you rooting for in that matchup? I'm always rooting for the Giants.
0: I knew that was the answer. That had to be the answer. you may not be publicly saying it, but you got to be.
3: No, I yeah, uh, and that's just what it is. It was, uh, you know, um, I, I, that's just, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a time that I'm ever going to root against the Giants uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, unless there was a situation where they were out of it and they're playing the Tigers and the Tigers needed to win, uh, you know, that might be the only time that I would do something like that, uh, uh, you know, root for them from that standpoint. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, you, know, it, you know, you know, that's who you grow up with. I mean, I mean, I worked at Candlestick Park, like I said, you know, for the San Francisco Giants. And, you know, that's just kind of hard to kind of get out of the blood here a little bit.
0: Yeah, these guys know what kind of 68-tiger slappy I am, you know. I mean <laughs> – I went down to their reunion this year. I mean, I'm a, Scott, you can relate to this. I mean, if you were a 12-year-old, you were a Giant fan. When I was 12 years old, playing Little League ball, that 68 Tiger squad was my team. I could still to this day name every, pretty much every player on the team, the position they played, the starting lineup, the starting pitchers, you know, the coaching staff. You just don't forget that stuff as a 12-year-old baseball fan.
3: No, no, absolutely not. You know, and to tell you the truth, uh, one of my... I mean, you know, the, the funny thing about Giants, uh, people go, Who, "Who's the greatest uh, Giant in history?" Well, it's Paul, it, it's Willie Mays, yeah. no question about it. But at the same time, the greatest San Francisco Giant is Willie McCovey. Oh man, And uh, Willie, of course, just passed. But it's, it's it's strange, though, is that he was the first San Francisco Giant, uh, if you will, because he came up like the same year that the team was out, uh, you know, you know, left New York and came out to San Francisco. And what a phenomenal ball player. I mean, you know, you take a look at his 1959 season and, uh, you know, see what he did, 121 walks and, uh, you know, MVP and all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You start talking about some of those, uh, you know, teams that did not Not to age yourself right here, but at the same (laughs) time, you start going through some of the lineups and whatever from Marichal. I mean, Chris Byer was, you know, my favorite shortstop uh i mean all the way down the list here so yeah it's uh it's great when uh you, you seem to hang on to those teams that you that you grew up with at that very special age of you know 10 11 12 13 years old and they just kind of grab on to you you gotta remember that you got your championship in 1968 i mean the, the giants didn't win their first one until you know 2010 right and um you know, after you know a few failures in the uh, you know in the World Series, so you know it was uh, you know I could tell you right now if you know people if, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you know when they finally win it, uh, you're going to enjoy yourself because I'll tell you what, nothing tasted sweeter than that 2010 championship. It's
1: really nice of you to say when they finally win it because <laughs> I don't know how much hope there is for the Lions. I mean, we've been saying every year it seems like for my whole life and probably for basically Ted's whole life. Next year's a year. Next year is a year. So so hopefully you're right and the Lions do finally get one. But I want to ask you, you, brought up, you were talking about Giants greats, and uh, I, I was waiting for the name to come up. Obviously, McCovey and Mays, those, those are the ones that you look at. But it, it, a recent topic that was being talked about with the MLB Hall of Fame guys, the, the announcement coming out, who's making it this year. And, you know, it's a hot topic. Barry Bonds, you know, keeps getting a few more votes every year, but, when is the year that a couple of these steroid era guys are going to get in? And i got to be honest, Barry Bonds is my favorite player growing up. And I, I personally, he's the best player I, I ever saw in person. And I honestly think he might be up there with the best players of all time. What's your opinion on, on the MOB Hall of Fame? Because I think, I personally think it's kind of a joke that guys like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds aren't in the Hall of Fame. So what, what do, what do oh, you kind of think about that?
3: I, I'm with you 100%. As a matter of fact, uh, Oh, I'm not sure I tweeted it this year, but I tweeted in the past. Is that I thought that the the class of 19 was the year um, that baseball should finally, you know, get it together and go. Okay, we're going to do something for the you know the Clemens, the Bonds, the Rose, um, the Shoeless Joe Jackson. Because and the reason why I say that because of the 1919 uh, Black Sox. You know, they're the first ones to start it, or the first ones that not started it, but you know, obviously got themselves into trouble, got themselves uh, expelled from baseball. Um, there's no question whether or not Shoeless Joe was, uh, you know, uh, in on the conspiracy. Considering if you look at some of the numbers he put up uh, in that World Series, but there's other reports to say that, oh well, he let this ball drop in front of him, he let this ball go over his head, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I decided it would be, you know, because baseball is the most romantic sport of the bunch. You know, it just seems like that. You know, you can look at Field of Dreams, you know. It's kind of weird to say romance in baseball, but it, it is to a certain extent. And I've always thought that, the, you know, that they should finally just kind of forgive everything here, uh, create a different wing if you want to, saying that these are the bad guys. I don't know how you phrase it. But I think that everybody that I just kind of mentioned – um, should have been kind of brought in at this one time all together to create this new wing, so we could get past it a little bit. Because the bottom line to it is, is that as much as I'm blaming the ballplayers for, uh, you know, taking the steroids and what have you, I, I, I honestly, God, I think that I have to uh, blame the media just as much. There is nobody that was, uh, you know, covering the game in the 1990s that didn't know what was going on. They absolutely had to know what was going on. I mean, I knew what was going on. It just seemed that, you know, nobody was taking control of it, that all of a sudden, you know, the, they, they become bad guys, nobody wants to touch them, Then everybody's kind of jumping on them. And that was the other thing that kind of bugged me, is that the politicians started getting in on it. Remember, they had those hearings uh, about uh, 10, 12, 13 years ago, where they, 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 they brought them in front of Congress, and they had everybody going up there and testifying. And the thing was is that, you know, there's one politician, there's only one politician that I would accept anything from that knew anything about steroids, and that, of course, was the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) But he wasn't talking at this thing, or they didn't bring him in for this to kind of talk about, you know, what the good, bad, and ugly is about the steroids. But I knew it was just a bunch of, you know, grandstanding on both sides of it. But I really do believe the media has a lot to share with that. Uh, for you know, more or less allowing it to go on under their nose, they're not looking. You know what I mean? Just just kind of turning their heads to it until it all of a sudden became popular to do.
0: Yeah, and these guys, uh, we we tweeted something about the Hall of Fame, and I kind of gave a tease. They might be surprised at my opinion on it, but I'm I'm right with you. I think I think Bonds, Clemens, A. Rod, Sosa, McGuire, the others, they belong in. They, you know, the people that vote have to get that behind them. And I'm not even a proponent of putting them in a separate wing. They played in that era, but they put up the numbers against their, their counterparts. So I think I just flat out think they belong. I mean, if they want to put something in there along the lines of in this time frame, it was the steroid era, I'm okay with that. But you still got to hit the baseball. You still got to hit in the middle of the ball. Yeah, it might go a little farther, but you still have to have some skill.
3: Oh, it, it, anything over the plate, Bonds was sending it into the third deck. Right. You could not throw to the guy. I mean, when when people are walking him with the bases loaded, that's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: And, he, and, he was, and we all know that Barry Bonds' case, you know, maybe compared to the McGuire and to the Sosa and what have you, is the fact that, uh, you know, he was a Hall of Famer before he even, you know, got to the point where he started using it. So, uh, you know, so I think you have to look at that a little bit, too, uh, as far as judging some of these guys. Like, you know, it, let's, let's face it, you know, uh, you know, A-Rod, I think, was going to be a – you know, Clemens obviously was a Hall of Famer beforehand. Uh, maybe some of the other guys, you know, I could sort of see, okay, well, maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe, maybe, you know, I'd have to look at those stats here a little bit, but I'm just throwing his name out there. But at the same time um, – you know, these guys were, you know, on their way to be Hall of Famers anyway. And uh, the bottom line, the very Bonds jumping into it was the fact that nobody was saying anything. So he felt like, well, if nobody's going to say it, then I'm going to jump in and do it. Sure. The thing about steroids, too, is, is that I understand it's a dirty word or people are saying stuff about it, whatever. But you, you notice that in today's, uh, you know, medical field that, you know, a lot of people are getting steroid uh, treatment for, you know, if it's after surgery. Or you know, uh, or you're you know, a, you know, an older adult, and they they want you to recover faster. They're giving you some of this stuff. So I mean, it, the thing is, is that you remember when the um, you know, who was the linebacker play for the Baltimore Ravens there?
0: Yeah, Ray Lewis.
3: Ray Lewis. There he is. Uh, the the Super Bowl back in 20, uh, 2012 against the Forty Nine ers of all things. <laughs> you know, he had an injury, and they're saying that you know he used a, a steroid, you know, to get back in time for the Super Bowl. Well, if, you know, if I'm if I'm an owner and I got, you know, $120 million, you know, you know, into this one, you know, particular aspect that he's on on the field, you know, steroids might be able to get him back in, you know, on the field a lot faster. You know, it has to be regulated. There's got to be some things like that that have to happen. But at the same time, I'm not against it. It's better than, you know, shooting him up with, you know, cortisone, which is just going to match the pain. At least this is. Going to be something that's going to repair the damage and not just mask the pain, which obviously would you know could you know could, you know further the damage as far as whatever the injury happens to be. It's all about you know them looking at it from an angle of you know let's make this work for us somehow, some way, and uh, you know because to tell you the truth, the future of medicine it seems like uh, steroids in and, and treating people for whatever it happens to be, you know, like I said, surgeries or whatever, it's not going to go away.
2: So, Scott, you mentioned uh, something I'm going to have to actually disagree with you about on the politicians. Uh, I think one other politician that actually could have a say in steroids would be Chris Christie. That guy is a unit. <laughs> and talking about uh, steroids, Julian Edelman, he was busted for, you know, he was suspended four games this season. Are you, so does that not affect your view of maybe what he's been able to do? A lot of people are thinking maybe he's a Hall of Famer. What do you think of just, I guess, Julian Edelman's steroid, potential steroid use, and just his overall play on the field?
3: You know these guys are getting popped for it all the time here. It seems like you know. It seems like every every year you you're, you're going to your fantasy draft, right? And you're going, okay, who is uh, who's on the shelf for the first you know two, three, four weeks because you know a bad test or something like that. You know, I don't have all the answers by any stretch of imagination. You know, but the thing is, is that you know some of the drug use to you know you know throughout the years has been has been out there. You go back to the 1970s. You know, they're taking uppers. You ever read Ken Stabler's book? You know, so I, I think that there's been, you know, just because they didn't catch it back then, or they weren't looking for it back, that doesn't mean it wasn't going on back in the good old days, if you will. I mean, you know, you looked at Lyle Alcedo and you know, um, you know, some of them um, back when they were, they were obviously. Kind of roll the stop a little bit here on it. Like I said, I do think it's got to be something that you know is is regulated. And you know what I hate most of all is you know when you hear about the the Olympic athlete that you know took a cough drop and for whatever reason or something in there that you know is going to you know set off the test. You know those are the type of things that I think that you know they need to try to avoid sometimes a little bit because you know I don't think every time you hear one of these tests went wrong that you know the people are you know are really trying to be bad people and get around it.
0: We're, we'll keep you just a little longer, Scott. I know you got to get ready for your 11 o'clock newscast. Jared, I know you had a question about uh, the origin of his name.
2: So, actually, I have two uh, kind of quick hitters for you. First off, what's it like to be verified on Twitter? Is it pretty cool or is it more of like, meh, it's just another thing? And then second off, as somebody who has a name that's spelled weird, uh, Jared, is spe- I spell it J-E-R-O-D, just how much... Sorry, like, sorry for the profanity, but how much shit do you get for your name being spelled Scott, S-C-O-T?
3: Yeah, let me start off with Scott, first of all. Uh, you know, what's uh, kind of interesting is that I was actually telling somebody this story the other day. When I was playing junior college uh, uh, football, actually at college of San Mateo, for my, my offensive coordinator was a guy named Tom Martinez, who happened to be Tom Brady's quarterback guru when he was growing up. Uh, that's a little bit of a different story, but I was playing for for him this one day, my mom was in the stands. She saw the program. It spelled the two T's. She walked up to the to the booth near the PA announcer goes, Hey, yeah, they spelled my son's name. It went all over the place. <laughs> um, it was kind of a very embarrassing thing. But the reason why my name is uh, Scott is, my you know, it, it's two different stories I've heard. My, my my dad says he got it off a bottle of Scott's Whiskey. Or it, said it was spelled that way. But my mom says is that when I was born, uh, my father uh, he said, drop a tea on it. Yeah, uh, because I didn't want anybody to forge his checks.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the funny thing about that is that came, in, uh, that came in handy one time during my life where I actually sat there and said, thank God I don't spell my name with two Ts because uh, somebody had signed my name with two Ts. And uh, they looked at it and go, when did Scott start signing his name with two Ts? It couldn't have been him.
4: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> to tell you the truth. You know, I'm an 18th century man when it comes to, you know, technology. And uh, when I signed up with a Twitter account, uh, the station actually kind of sent it in and did whatever they did. Uh, they all did it at once, and I came back, and I got one of those blue dots on it. So uh, the funny thing about it was as soon as they, you put that little uh, blue dot on uh, your Twitter account, uh, uh, you do find that, um, you know, a couple hundred people will just follow you because you have it.
0: Good to know. We needed that on the Three Point Podcast, don't we, Matt? Yeah, for sure. We'll wrap up with just a couple things on the uh, Super Bowl, Scott. Uh, first of all, you know, break it down as as an expert. How do you see this game coming up with the Patriots and the Rams?
3: Well, honestly, I think it's kind of hard to go against Tom Brady in anything these days. So I just think that Tom Brady factor is out there a little bit. I think that, they, you know, he's just a guy that keeps on amazing people about, uh, you know, you think he's done, you think he's done, and all of a sudden you turn around and he's playing in another Super Bowl. So I think it's kind of hard to to go against that. I think the Rams really have to kind of get over. I think it depends on the Rams' start. If they're, you know, in awe of where they're at and they're a little bit nervous and what have you, I think it could end up being a long day for them. Uh, Just because the Patriots have been there so often, I mean, you know, nothing's going to, you know, rattle them by any stretch of the imagination, but it could with the Rams a little bit. So I really think that the Rams uh, have to get off to a nice start here. And, uh, you know, to win this game.
0: Well, we're going to break it down a little bit here, but uh, we're also going to have our uh, Super Bowl food favorites, Super Bowl party food favorites. And before we let you go, Scott, what are your go-to foods when you go to a Super Bowl party? Oh,
3: it's got to be the beer first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, anything after that, to to tell you the truth, I'm always interested in, uh, you know, I mean, whether it's a chili dog or, or, or something like that. I mean, I um, you know, with pizza, it isn't really bad. I don't. Think, hey, you should be on the air enough times. Does it look like that I don't like food? <laughs> <laughs> so really, well, uh, you know, you're talking about you know splitting hairs a little bit. You know, between the you know the pizza, the you know the burger, or the ribs, or something like that. I'll take them all.
2: Yeah, Scott, you got a great set of hair. Uh, as somebody that's <laughs> trying to make it in the sports business, that's balding a little bit. Should I just close up show? shop and find a new profession
3: well hey man you know to tell you the truth it's kind of funny is that i'm kind of looking at myself in the mirror here a couple of uh, days ago and i'm kind of going gosh i think i'm getting a little thin here in the corners <laughs> so i, I do oh, appreciate no. you thinking that i got a great set of hair right now but i do think here maybe in 10 years that uh, it, it may not uh, be holding up as well
2: oh no well it's just know that your hair made it probably 30 years longer than mine will ever will so it could be worse
0: <laughs> it's all talent jared all talent baby yeah. yeah. All right, Scott. Hey, we, we appreciate the time you've given us. We'll definitely touch bases with you down the road. Uh, thanks again for joining us. All right.
3: Hey, anytime, Ted. Appreciate it.
0: Well, guys, before we get to our uh, Super Bowl cuisine, I want to tell our listeners about a spot that they can pick up all kinds of great cuisine. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill, our favorite spot to gather. Watch sporting events, 21 flat-screen TVs and their great 120-inch projection screen. You know, come on in for the Super Bowl 53 as the Patriots and Tom Brady take on the Rams. All the fun kicks off at noon with a cornhole tournament to benefit the city of Corona and their 150th birthday celebration all day long long specials, including 50 wings for 30 bucks, dine in or carry out. That's the official gathering spot for three point podcast rivals tap house and grill located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. All right, Jared, start us off. You seem to be the food expert.
2: Well, my first problem was with uh, Scott Johnson's answer. Did you tell that he's, you know, he's still, he's obviously been in Michigan for a long time, but the first thing he threw out was Coney dogs, you know, kind of trying to pull at our strings as like Michigan people. Uh, But my number one on my list, and this has to be at every single Super Bowl party, is buffalo chicken dip. But there's two key components you have to have to this buffalo chicken dip. One, it has to be in a slow cooker that keeps it warm constantly. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but when cheese and the dips, when they sit and they get cold, it kind of turns into a rock. So then when you try to dip your chip into it, it it cracks. It definitely firms up. You're right. Sound effect for you. that's the chip cracking. So you can't have that. And as for the chip itself, it can't be Tostitos. Tostitos just are overrated in general. The scoops, the regular chips, they're all not good. They need to be any kind of Dorito. That's the best type of chip. That's what you need for your Buffalo chicken dip. Up from Rivals, of course.
0: Oh, nothing wrong with that for sure. Now, I'll jump in. I'll give one of my go-to foods. It's similar, but I like the taco dip, the five or seven layer taco dip. I don't necessarily go with Doritos as my chip of choice but I will go with a good you know a good name brand uh tortilla chip you know maybe mix in some yellow with the blue that's just a must I love the taco dip how about you Matt
1: yeah I like the yellow and blue chips those, those are nice but I definitely agree that I there's this dip that we used to make I haven't made it in a long time uh, we we call it money dip it's literally just hormel chili and cream cheese Ooh. really simple but I used to always make it or eat it with tortilla chips but one time, probably in college, like, we didn't have any, and all we had was Doritos. Had it with Doritos, and that was, like, it was a game changer. Thank Eating you. that dip with Doritos just made it, like, a completely different food experience. So, wait, I, I'm on board with the Doritos for, for dip. Uh, <laughs> maybe it depends on what it is, but I, I like the Doritos.
2: Matt, can you, ex- wait, back it up. What's It's called Money Dip. So, a couple of questions that came right to my brain. Why is it called Money Dip, and what is in it again?
1: Money Dip, just because it's money.
0: <laughs> Hormel chili and cream cheese? Is that what you thought? Hormel, Hormel
1: on, chili meal. with no beans, because you can get the Hormel chili with beans or without beans. Yes. Hormel chili, no beans, and cream cheese.
0: Cream cheese. That sounds pretty so, good to me.
1: Yeah. Most simple, uh, like dip or whatever, but it, it is so good, especially with the Doritos.
0: Now, my second item, I picked three since we are three-point podcast. My second item is uh, a good chicken wing spread boneless or bone in i don't care but i like personally the boneless myself but i think chicken wings are a must at a super bowl party
2: see here's a see here's a hot take give me fried chicken over just a straight chicken wings Mm -hmm. Uh, they're so much better the thing that's important with the chicken wings you got to have a whole array of dips i'm talking ranch i'm talking spicy buffalo ranch blue cheese maybe go to kfc and pick up some uh Finger looking good, sauce. You gotta have a, a big array of sauces. I think chicken wings are only as good as the sauce that's on
0: them. I'll kind of give you that, but I I go along with and my whole theory on a Super Bowl party, it's got to be grazing food. You know, chick, uh, you know, mm-hmm. fried chicken. Not as much as wings. I think wings. You can go up to the counter multiple times during the game. You know, get your chicken wings. Get two or three or whatever you want to do every time you go up to graze. And yeah, you do have to have a decent assortment of dips.
1: I'm curious to ask you guys. I'm I'm definitely on board with the wings. I think. I don't know if it's something about a, you know, a football party or whatever, but wings, I feel like it's just a must. Mm-hmm. But so my wife and I, we don't eat that much meat anymore. We're not like full on vegetarian or anything, but we don't eat that much meat. Uh, and recently my wife started making cauliflower buffalo bites. So instead of mm. chicken, it's breaded cauliflower, you know, and then so it's breaded and then it's in buffalo sauce and everything like that. And honestly, don't can't tell a difference. Really? I mean, if I the first time I, I knew what it was, so I, I almost wish you wouldn't have told me. I almost wish you would have said, like, here's, here's some buffalo wings or whatever. But, like, honestly, like, if you didn't tell someone, I don't think they'd be able to know. So, like, what just first thought without having them, does that even sound good to you guys or what?
2: My problem with those is that that's the classic, like, oh, we're healthy, but, yeah, we're eating all this, this fried and rubbed in buffalo sauce and <laughs> cooked and dipped in ranch. That's my first problem with it, is that, you? I mean, is it kind of like it's the healthier option? Is that kind of the reason for it, Matt?
1: Yes and no. Yes, because we just, we don't eat that much chicken anymore. No, because we know we're slathering it in buffalo sauce. I'm dipping mine in ranch. We're putting blue cheese crumbles on it. So we definitely know that it's not like a healthy option. We kind of don't your, eat that much chicken anymore.
0: It kind of fits your lifestyle, though. It sounds to me like you guys are trying to get a little way, a ways from meat, right? Yeah, yep. So I I can respect that. Now, back to your question, I would try it, but it doesn't sound too appealing to me. But I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for it that it's it's pretty good.
1: It'd be interesting, though. I, that's, I, I told her the last time we had it, I was like, speaking of Super Bowl food, I was like, if we go to a Super Bowl party, we should make a big old thing of these and just, like, send them out and see if anyone even, like, says anything. Now that's
0: the way to do it.
1: Right. Just say, they're, say we brought some boneless wings, here you go. Like you said, Jared, get some good dips, some different, you know, uh, dressings, ranch, blue cheese, and all that, and just let people eat them. See if anyone says anything.
2: That would piss me off because <laughs> that's like that's like when you trick like when a vegan will bring something that's vegan and not tell anyone that it's vegan, and then like kind of act like they pulled one off on you. That like when I'm eating at a Super Bowl food, I don't want vegetables. I don't want it even if it's covered in buffalo sauce, covered in ranch, covered in breading. I don't want it. Get it away from me. Uh, that's unacceptable to bring to it without at least alerting people that it's cauliflower. Like you said. To, Ted's not even going to touch it. If he hears the words <laughs> vegetable or cauliflower, he's
0: out. I'm kind of, I kind of I am on that page right now, and it's probably not good for me either. How about you, Jared? You got another food that you want to throw on the list? Yeah. Number two,
2: um, these are a little bit tougher to pull off, but if you can, they're everyone's favorite. They only they run out quick, is the only problem with them. Potato skins, loaded potato skins. Oh. You get the bacon, you get the cheese, you get the sour cream, you get the green onions. Is there anything better than a good potato skin? That's on an appetizer tray. What's your guys' favorite thing that comes with, like, a appetizer sampler?
0: I kind of like the the, the uh, fried mozzarella myself.
2: Yeah, fried mozzarella, but uh, like,
1: I like a really good spinach and artichoke dip.
0: That's good, too. But, you know, I hadn't even thought about potato skins in a long time. It's a lot of work to put together, but, man, it is delicious. There's no doubt.
1: You know, there's always that person. I mean, speaking of, like, being healthy or whatever, there's always that person that brings, like, and it might be legit. I mean, it might be huge. Oh, like a vegetable spread. You know, you got the carrots, celery, broccoli, cauliflower, and then like the little cup of vegetable dip in the middle. Do you guys even touch that or what?
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not against that. I don't mind mixing in a little, uh, little carrot, baby carrots in, uh, you know, ranch dressing I, and a little uh, broccoli. I like to mix that in there a little bit because I like to stay. Uh, you know, regular the next morning.
1: Make you feel a little better about your plate. You've got like yeah, all these exactly. dips, wings sure. all this stuff, and then you got like two chunks of broccoli off to the side. It, it, it does a little it, better.
0: It does, but to tell you the truth, I actually like it. I do like yeah. broccoli and carrots and celery and cauliflower and dipping it into the ranch. I do. Yeah. I won't make I, a meal know, of it, I but I, I do like the dip in No, I never like
2: you it. a liar but you <laughs> like the taste of broccoli. No, you like the taste of ranch dipped in broccoli.
0: No, that part's true. You're right.
2: I like it, Matt, because I I know I mentioned earlier that I usually tend to stay away from vegetables, but I don't hate. It's kind of you got to have a palate cleanser, and that's what vegetables act with. The thing that's key with that is I'll just dip it in a pound of ranch, and then just you know act like I'm being healthy for a little bit, so that I can go back to having some of the good food like fried chicken or buffalo chicken dip.
1: (laughs) So is that is that kind of your go-to, or like are you guys grazers? You know, sometimes like when I go to parties like that. Like, all of a sudden, the game's getting over, or you're getting ready to leave, and I'm like, man, I feel like I didn't even really eat that much. Because, you know, you get, like, one plate, start socializing, start watching the game, you forget about the food. Do you just keep going back, getting the, like, little plate of food, a little here and there type you, of thing? You know,
0: you guys have seen me. I, I, I'm definitely not shy about <coughs> multiple grazings.
4: <laughs>
2: See, you're, you're, you say grazings, and you mentioned like, the fried chicken. And you've seen me eat, and you've taken photos of social media. You posted all over social media. You, you made me feel like a lab rat on Thanksgiving because I had a, a big second plate.
0: I see that it still bothers I, I, you.
2: I graze, but it's with big amounts of food. And so, Matt, I can't imagine your scenario you just painted, where you forget to eat. That's not the food is the main attraction to me on Super Bowl Sunday. Then it's football. Food, then football. That's how you have to attack your your Super Bowl Sunday if you want to do it the right way.
0: Well, that obviously is no, your that's cheat.
1: That's the way day. to go about it.
2: Exactly, like you said, it's my cheat day, so it's. I you can tell that I've been thinking about it for you know, pretty much since my last cheat day. That's kind of how my brain works. It's like, oh, five days till cheat day, five days till cheat day, yeah, four days till cheat day, three days. It, that's it's kind of bad. It's not great. <laughs> it's kind of just like one happy day, and then everything else kind of sucks. But
0: that's not a bad way to go, though. You're staying in shape. I need to start looking at that, or maybe. Cut down to two cheat days. I don't know. <laughs> now I'm going to finish up my list. My my list right now: taco chips, tor- or taco dip and tortilla chips, chicken wings. My third go-to food for a Super Bowl party: a good pizza. You know, I like having some pizza to to have as well. That's my third.
1: Nice little
0: my- Main Street Pizza. Main Street Pizza. Also, good pizza nope, over at rivals. Ass. They've got a nice thin crust over there.
1: No pizza's yeah, good. Nope. I feel like you have to like order it. So I don't know. Like You, you do. You know, does someone like order like 30 pizzas? You know, maybe not 30, but, you know, someone's not just going to like walk in with one pizza from Papa John's
2: or something and be like slap it on the table. No,
0: I think it's up to the host for the pizza, right. I think. Yep.
2: Yep. See, I-, I got a problem with pizza on Super Bowl. It's, 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 it's I, it, this is a Twitter saying for you. It's a basic. And sorry for the profanity, bitch move. It's a basic bitch move to bring pizza. I can have pizza. Every, give me my pizza on every Saturday during college ball season. But on Super Bowl Sunday, you bring me chicken wings. You bring me potato skins. Maybe some mac and cheese. You, the vegetable tray, I'm fine with it. Throw it out there. Pizza, it, it's not a, it's not a grazing dish. Like you said, I have that way too much as it is. Save that for another Sunday.
1: You know what's going to happen with that pizza though? That box is going to be empty by the end of the game. It sure is. It
2: is. I, pizza's the best food. It's just me something different you know you, you guys got to expand your minds a little bit with the super bowl foods You <laughs> brought
1: up I like right his, his first answer without even hesitation was beer yes um i know jared you've talked about you like you've asked us like is that an acquired taste or you know that that kind of discussion i enjoy beer i mean i maybe had to acquire the taste in college or whatever but um i've never really been a huge drinking a lot of beer while eating You know, like, you go to, like, Buffalo Wild Wings or, you know, you go somewhere like that. You know, you see people just, like, slamming beers while they're eating. I always feel like it just fills me up more, and then I can't, like, finish my food. Are you guys the same way? Or, like, you know, I might sip on one during a Super Bowl party while I'm eating, but I just – I've never been big about slamming beers while eating.
0: I 100% agree. I mean, a Super Bowl party, I'm, I'm along the lines of what Jared was talking about. It's the food. I don't really have to slam a bunch of beers watching the Super Bowl, but I might have one, maybe two, you know, but that's it. Yeah, I'm
2: not I'm not a I'm not a, I am not ai am not ai do not drink for the casual aspect of it, I guess. <laughs> not that I drink, you know, not that I drink, but I just don't see the purpose. Yeah, it's gross, Matt. You get full really easy, you're mixing it, you're not going to feel good the next day. As for my number 3, I'm going the dessert route. Just give me the Muddy Buddy uh Chex mix. Uh, like reindeer chow, whatever you want to call it. If you put that at a Super Bowl party, I can eat pounds and pounds of that stuff.
1: That stuff is a sleeper. Like, it is that you rarely ever think about. What do people call it? Like puppy chow? Yeah, or like the muddy buddy, whatever.
0: Yeah, we call it, it puppy like chow. People
1: don't like make that very often. But right, if it's there, or like you know, sometimes your mom makes like a huge old batch of it. I'll sit there and eat the whole bowl. That stuff is good.
0: It's awesome. It's one of my wife's go-to's during the holidays and it's you know it's a little bit of an undertaking to make it but it is fantastic and it's perfect for a super bowl party
1: i was gonna go desserts too i hadn't thought about that the the puppy chow, that's good but my mom i know a ton of people make them but my mom and my sisters they make uh they call them buckeyes i don't know if they're called buckeyes everywhere but it's basically like a peanut butter ball and they're like dipped in chocolate you get you guys know what I'm talking about. That's there,
0: a, my wife makes that for Christmas as well. They're
1: good. They're just those a little too, too sweet for they, me. Matt. They do take a little time, also. But if there's like a a tray or whatever of Buckeyes, man. I, I could eat a bunch of those. <laughs> those things are good.
5: Delicious. Let me know what you guys think about this. This is a couple a couple things that I just think are just kind of
2: suck for for foods on Super Bowls. Number one, chili. I've heard that that's pretty popular to have on Super Bowls. Not good. Number two, nachos. I just can't stand it when everyone's dipping their hand in the in the the nacho cheese and the meat and the, the lettuce and the salsa like salsa just can get the heck out of here and another problem i have if you serve sloppy joes or taco bars at your super bowl gathering you should not be hosting that's such a cop-out that's such an easy way out i love that stuff but on the super bowl you, you either go balls to the wall or you're not hosting you sorry you're gonna have to be the one that shows up with the the buckeyes like matt mentioned or maybe uh the, the cauliflower uh breaded cauliflower well that's
0: why i think the grazing food that we've talked about you know the food i lo- I love chili i love sloppy joes but for a party situation where you're not at a sit-down table really you're sitting on the living room couches you're you're walking around you're hanging out I, i'd i stay away from that and i'd stick with the the finger food grazing stuff
1: so one thing i thought
2: of when you you said balls to the wall it made me think of this jared meatballs Th- those are diet those are awesome whether or not whether they're covered in like the, the white like gravy
0: that's what i you, like
2: yeah or you cover the them with you past. know just some italian red sauce like either of those oh wow so good so i didn't even think of that oh my you got my mouth
1: watering <laughs> well are you guys uh, also
2: like yeah? Ted,
1: you said you're all about the the veggie tray what about if someone brings like you know you got that person that brings like a nice salad Oh. You know, a nice, nice little dressed-up salad.
0: Nah, they're going to get kicked out of a Super Bowl party. If they come to, a, <laughs> come to a summer barbecue, that's acceptable. A Super Bowl party, nah,
2: no. Any party, that's unacceptable. <laughs> it's, it's just unacceptable.
1: It, this just kind of popped in my head. You know, you were talking about chili, um, and I was, the first thing I thought of when, when you said chili was, I bet you that's more like a cold state thing. You know, like people yeah. in Arizona or whatever, that, I don't know, maybe you're in a warmer state, they might not be making chili. They're not. But I work with some people who uh, are from New Orleans, and, you know, so they're huge uh, Gumbo. Saints fans. And they talk about, like, down there, it's all about, like, crab legs, crawfish, you know, all that kind of stuff at Super Bowl parties. So I'd it'd be curious to talk to some people from different areas and see if, yeah, you know, they, they got some different cuisines or whatever for them. We'll
0: have, have to tweet that out and see where we get it from different regions of the country. That's a great question right there. By the way, boys, we're having a, a fun show here, and we've got a lot we haven't even got into, so we're going to have a longer show than normal. That's okay, though. It's Super Bowl week, right?
2: All right. First off, can I just say this? Rather than What I'm looking forward to the most, rather than the actual game, is going to be the halftime show. Maroon 5, Adam Levine, it's going to be just absolutely dynamic, and that goes right into my prop bets. Will Adam Levine wear a leather jacket? It's, pl- it's minus 160. I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. He's coming out in a leather jacket. That's probably my number one prediction. And then my number two, Maroon 5 opener, they're coming out to don't want to know, oh, 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 who's taking you home. They're coming out to that, and that's at plus 600. I can't recommend two bets. Maybe parlay those two together. You're going to make some money
0: on that. Yeah, now where did the leather jacket thing come from? Because I did look that up, and it, it is a prop bet for sure. Is that something that he's pretty popular to wear? He
2: just He's a man who knows style, he knows swag, he knows fashion. He's going to come out in a leather jacket. There's just It's simple as that. I'm not sure if it's something he's known for or if it's just he knows what looks good, he's going to wear it. Well, one I think the, that's more of what it is.
0: One of the bets also is uh, will he come out wearing a hat at the start of his halftime show? On.
2: that's there's no way in heck he, he's he got the best hair in the business
1: he's not i, going was, I a hat. was gonna say i even i'm i'm all about his hair too so i'd be surprised if he's wearing a hat these prop bets some of them are hilarious but you know vegas makes a ton of money off them so i actually thought saw, i saw i think it was probably darren Ravel or you know someone tweeted out that more money is made off the prop bets than the actual just like picking the game that's pretty crazy
0: yeah I mean, it's kind of cool because i mean how many prop bets are there there's over a thousand, isn't it? I there? mean, it
1: probably depends on what you know. Each sports book or whatever right. probably has their own, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. But I mean, it always it goes down to even like number of times that Sean McVay's age will be mentioned. It's set at one
0: and a half. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's definitely an over. Because I mean, they, they that's all they talk about is how old he is.
0: Or or and along it, that line, the you know the Belichick McVay age gap. How many times is that gonna be mentioned?
1: Right. Yeah. That, I mean. Alone, that'll be mentioned a couple times. So that, I would so, definitely take you the over there.
2: The young guns are coming in. We're we're overtaking the old timers like Belichick and like yourself. <laughs> I will. You guys, Matt, you did mention that a lot of the money is made off of prop. That's that's not the case for me. I don't remember. Know if you guys remember from last year, but me and my brother placed a parlay on the fact that Trey Burton, Philadelphia Eagles backup backup tight end, would account for a touchdown, and that the Eagles would also straight up win the game. They did both of that. We bet $40 on it. Ended up walking away with $450. Nice. And if you remember Trey Burton, it was a big problem whether or not they were actually going to let this work and count for a touchdown or not. I didn't know if it counted at the time. But they when they ran Philly Special, he was the one that threw the touchdown to Nick Foles. So that play, whenever you see it, it's going to be replayed. You know it's going to be replayed at the Super Bowl this year. Just know that that's my favorite play of all time. Earned me $450.
0: Not bad. That's, that's
2: not the I mean,
1: That's always one of the prop bets too. Will a non QB throw a touchdown?
2: Yep. And then, but, but as for uh, my two other favorite prop bets this year, uh, will the Super Bowl points record of seventy five be broken? It's at seventy five points. I just mentioned that. It's plus four twenty five. The over under set at fifty eight. Right. This is one of those. I think you just kind of take it. Maybe throw ten dollars on it. Make forty two fifty off of it. Just kinda of get your popcorn ready. I think it's really gonna be a high scoring game. I see like a forty two to forty one Patriots win is actually how I see this going. So I think that the you're just whether than just taking the over here, might as well just burn the boats, burn the ships, put it onto the seventy five point record being broken. You want another
0: You want a chance yep. for your you want a chance for your ten bucks back?
2: <laughs> Shoot, I haven't oh yeah, paid you for that yet. I haven't paid own? you for that, have I?
0: No, you know, he must have put it on that account that I don't have.
2: I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, I do still owe you that. Thanks for reminding me. I completely forgot about that. No, I'm
0: giving you Damn a chance. It. We can wipe it clean if you win. I'll take the under.
2: Okay, well, I I mean the odds, but if I but if it goes over, you to pay me $45.
0: No. If if it goes over, we're even.
2: What? <laughs> Why would this I is take that? It's just a straight like $10 A straight over under bet. Oh, over the over versus the under? Yeah. You want to watch the Super Bowl and root for the under? That could be a rough night for
0: you. Well, I'm just saying I think I think the Patriots are going to win at 27-24. That's 51, and what'd you say? The, the over under is 58.
2: 58, yep.
0: Okay. Are you gonna uh, take the better now?
2: No, why not? Yeah, let's take it. I, I love it because it's gonna hit. The, they're gonna hit the record for total points. So yeah, I love it. Let's oh, take it. Over/under okay. 58.
0: Okay, sounds good.
2: And another one of my favorite prop bets is just a straight up heads versus tails. It's cla- it's hilarious to me because the casino just straight up make this is just an easy money maker for them. They put the odds at minus one ten, which means you have to bet eleven dollars to make ten dollars. <laughs> so no matter which side you bet on, the-, the casino's making money here. Right. That's just a genius move by them. Yeah, they know what they're doing it.
0: Yeah, the one prop bet I like is are they going to run a flea flicker in the game?
1: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: Uh huh.
1: I mean uh, the Patriots ran one late uh, a couple weeks ago. Was it even in overtime? I mean, it was late fourth quarter, I think. So. I wouldn't be surprised. I would definitely think there might be a flea flicker. This Seven and a half songs for the halftime show. That's the over-under. That, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think. Like, eight to take the over. Eight or nine songs, that's kind of a lot for a halftime Matt, show, right?
0: Matt, d- Matt. They're not full songs, though, right? It's just parts of songs. Like, if they go into a medley, three or that's four true. songs.
2: Maroon 5 has countless, countless hits. They could hit 10, 12 songs. No problem, yep. and everyone's gonna love every second of it. We know them all. Here's the interesting fact: Did you guys know that they don't actually pay the performers to perform at the Super Bowl, right? But they actually pay them. And so I know I remember I just saw this: Beyonce had to pay 10 million to perform back in like 2013, I think it was. Just kind of interesting that that they're. It's more of like they're taking a chance that they're gonna win over enough fans at the Super Bowl that they have to pay to perform there.
1: Just oh, kind yeah. of fun I mean, fact It's, for it's you. the same as commercials. You know, commercials pay to to advertise or whatever. So. So yeah, that is interesting though. You, you—it almost seems like they would want to pay. You know, it'd be a paying gig, but no, yeah, they're they're trying to get some more publicity
2: or whatever.
0: What better publicity than you know the whole halftime of a Super Bowl? I mean,
2: jeez. Right. And then just just something for you guys. I, I'm kind of like the young gun of the group spongebob's creator he's actually i was gonna ask scott johnson about it he's actually from humboldt state which is where scott johnson is from right steven pillenberg is the creator of spongebob squarepants he died this past year and in one of the episodes spongebob has like a sweet victory performance at a football game it's 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 a really inside sports comment right there i'm the only one that really understands that episode uh you guys have no idea what i'm talking about but rumor has it It's going to be incorporated into the show in some way, and if that happens, it's going to explode on Twitter. And actually, there was a petition signed on Twitter, over a million signatures to get this guy honored at Super Bowl uh, (laughs) halftime show. So stay tuned for that. Just know that when that happens, Ted, I alerted you, and you're in the know. You know, it's not like an inside joke happening on Twitter. You know what's going on.
0: I'll remember it. It's, you know, all these millennial things. I don't know. (laughs) What am I going to do? All right, guys, before we continue on with more talk here, let's hear from our newest sponsor, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company.
3: a $90, hundred. looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and Auction your items, and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, nine eight nine seven two zero. 720 sell It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan.
0: Boy, it's great to have those guys on board. And uh, upcoming sale, if you're a farmer, if you're a John Deere fan, February 6th they have a clean line of John Deere equipment they're going to be selling. Don't forget to call them today. Have them turn your assets into cash. Call Troy Crow. For all your real estate needs and auction needs, that's 989 720 Sell or click online—the easiest way—that's SheridanAuctionService.com. All right, we we left off with prop bets, guys. What else we want to get on the table here for this Super Bowl podcast?
2: I guess first, like, is there a, is there a better job title than auctioneer?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty cool, if you ask me.
2: It's pretty damn cool. Uh, but you mentioned uh, the farming and. I just kind of wanted to ask you guys, what's your guys' favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time? I know mine has to do with farming. It's the Budweiser, like Clydesdale commercial back in 2013. They had the Fleetwood Mac commercial in the background. Just incredible. What about you guys?
0: Oh, boy.
1: That's a cool one. It's always hard to, like, remember all of them. I definitely remember that one. Uh, The the Chrysler M&M commercial Uh from a a couple years ago. That was a cool one. The Budweiser ones. Like the... What's up?
4: <laughs> those
1: were, like, classic. The Budweiser Frogs, Bud-wise-er, that that's one of them, too. But, yeah, trying to remember all of the k- Super Bowl commercials, that, that's kind of tough. But those are the ones that pop into my head.
0: Yeah, I know What's Doritos up? had they had a campaign where they were having people submit, just regular people submitting commercials. They had some pretty hilarious ones as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, with the, the M&M imported from Detroit uh, Chrysler yeah. commercial. I just remember the choir singing Lose Yourself in the background. Huh? Yep. Ha huh, huh. <laughs> it's just a it was incredible. great commercial. And then just kind of one that maybe is up your alley, uh, Ted, is the McDonald's, <laughs> uh, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson commercial back when they were doing like a shooting contest. But they remade it a few years ago for to my generation where it was LeBron and Dwight Howard and then at the very end uh, Larry Bird eats their McDonald's. Just a great commercial.
0: I forgot about that one. That the one with Bird and Magic was an all-time classic without a that doubt. That was awesome. Yeah. When
1: you when you said Ted's generation, Jared, I thought you were definitely going to go with the uh, 1979 the Coke commercial with uh, mean, mean Joe Green, Joe. where he like tosses his jersey to the the kid in the tunnel. That's like some people look at that as like the best commercial
2: of all time, not just Super Bowl.
0: That was pretty good.
2: My problem with that one is, who the hell would have wanted Mean Joe Green's sweaty jersey? <laughs> who
1: wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? And I mean, think about like after basketball games or whatever. The you know people throw their shoes, you know their their jerseys or their headbands, wristbands. Their, they give their shoes away. Like as a kid,
0: that's cool.
2: Yeah. Was Mean Joe Green a big name back then?
0: He, well, yeah, he was.
2: And there's just another the problem with that commercials. How does that kid get in the tunnel?
0: <laughs> now we're getting into semantics. Is that? <laughs> you're great. <gonna laughs> right. Question those kind of <laughs> things?
2: Just, just, I'm a critic. I, I can be a critic. We're here,
0: we're debating, we're putting up our favorite Super Bowl commercials. That's just one of the problems I have with okay, that, that Okay, that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, oh. man, man, there are so many that I forgot. There was that Reebok, those ads they were doing with that dude Terry Tate, the office linebacker. Right. Yep. He was just like sprinting through offices, laying dudes out. Those were pretty funny.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, probably and then, uh, the last one, I kind of that I thought was a great one as well. I don't know if you guys remember like the Snick- Snickers Betty White commercial oh, back in yep. like 2010. was tremendous. Um, it's like you're not you if you're hungry, and it just she has an awesome line in that. Like, come on, man, you've been riding me all day. <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: that was fantastic. All right, Good well, stuff. I think what we I ought to wait. I think what we ought to do now, guys, let's uh, let's slide in slide into a new segment. And it's time for this week's three point podcast weekend hot takes. We'll each have a hot take. Do you guys come prepared? I've got one. All right, Matt, start <laughs> us off.
1: Well, we kind of already touched on it a little bit. Uh, I know we're with with this segment. We're going to be you know we can get into anything. It doesn't have to be sports related, right? But I, I was thinking, you know, it's the Super Bowl this weekend, so I, I do have one. I'm, I'm a Maroon Five fan. I, I like Adam Levine. I think he. I mean, that's one of my favorite bands. You know, they were big when I was growing up and they've continued. I mean, he's on, you know, TV shows and everything like that. So I'm a Maroon 5 fan. It seems like, I don't know what you guys think, it seems like it's like a cool thing to hate halftime acts. It seems like whenever, whether it's a national championship game or, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever it is, it just seems like if you're on Twitter, everyone hates whoever's performing at halftime. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's like a cool thing now, like Jared, you've talked about people that don't like Nickelback, you know, it's like the cool thing to not like Nickelback. So right when Maroon 5 got announced, everyone's like, Maroon 5's trash, Adam Levine, he's such a poser, you know, all this stuff. I think my hot take is that this is going to go down as one of the best, if not the best, Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. I think Adam Levine is an incredible performer. Like you said, Jared, they've got just a catalog of hits. Big Boy's going to come out, so he's got some cool guest performers. I think this is going to be one of the best. Super Bowl halftime performances of all
2: time.
0: Hot take from Matt Burns. That's ESPN. not a hot
2: take. That's a that's a correct take. It's gonna be awesome. If they play "Misery," Matt. Incredible. It's it's already the best. It's already the best one. You can't beat that song. Yep. Uh, as for I have three hot takes, and then I guess we can finish up with uh, Ted's. Oh, thank so you. um, speaking of the halftime show. Ted is going to have a oh, WTF, am I watching these damn millennials type moment during the halftime performance. I don't know what that's going to be. He might tweet about it. Um, and then another thing he's going to be tweeting about, something he tweets about very often that I kind of actually respect. Today he actually tweeted about it, again, Greta Van Fleet on the Howard Stern show or something about it. you got a brand. I can respect it. It's a little weird that it includes being infatuated with 18-year-olds, but it's a brand, and I can respect it nonetheless. So I'm going to say that you're going to tweet about Greta Van Fleet at least three times.
0: During the Super Bowl? Recording.
2: Just three times over over the next week before okay. we record on Monday. All right. And then my final uh, prediction, you guys, we, we talked about it last week. Um, when we threw out this idea of having weekend predictions, and what did I say was going to happen? Do you guys remember? No. Nope. I said that Michigan State was going to lose, and that's exactly what they did. I don't know if I spoke it into existence, but just in case that's the case, I'm going to say it again this, year, this week. They only have one game. It's on Saturday against Indiana. It's at home. They're going to lose this game. Book it. Michigan okay. State loses to Indiana on Saturday.
0: That, is that your hot take, your third hot take?
2: It's not a hot take. It's what's going to happen. <laughs>
0: well, this segment's... Hot takes, Jared. <laughs>
1: that's a pretty hot take. Indiana's just, not very good. I, I would know. say that's a They're going to do it. It's gonna, it
0: At Breslin. Gonna do it. It's gonna At Breslin coming off a loss Breslin. to Purdue. Yes. Hmm.
2: Again, like I said, it's more of me just trying to speak this into existence.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. You ready uh, for my hot take?
2: I, well, saying, have you seen I Remember the Titans yet?
0: We'll save that. <laughs> get my hot take first. <laughs> get my hot <laughs> take first. All right. That's this good. segment. All right, youngster? Yeah, I agree. You ready to laugh? Yes. Here's my hot take. What is the deal with college and pro basketball fashion? Now, listen, I was okay with the change from short shorts and high white socks to long shorts and black socks. Thank you, Fab Five. But what is going on now with long sleeves under your jerseys, compression shorts under the uniform shorts, quilted knee knickers, and now the one that just drives me crazy. Now they have hoodie warm-ups. And they wear the hoodies over their head while they're shooting, warming up for the game. What's going on with that? What What's the deal? Is it all about uh, marketing and the and the and the brands out there making sure that they hand out the swag to the players? But do you really need a hoodie on to warm up for a basketball game? That's my hot take.
1: Fashion. Yeah, I think this is the first time that we've talked fashion on Three Point
2: Podcast, and I it? think. It also has to do with the fact that they're warming up, so I think it actually helps them to get a nice sweat going with the hood on.
0: Uh, does does it get get that head all warmed up? Does it?
2: Yes, and uh, yeah, get a little sweat going.
0: Uh huh. Okay, that's the whole point I, I of know, it, you think?
2: Maybe. Yeah, I know. Back in back in my day, we wore shorts that were, <laughs> that were basically thongs. So that's yeah, it's ugly. I, I have no problem with the hoods on the warm-ups. I actually think it looks awesome. Oh my so.
0: god! Another millennial take. Well, anyway. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And by the way, that was my take, all right? All right.
6: Hey, here's a jackstrap hot take. Detroit Lion linebacker Trevor Bates is in big doo-doo. A few days ago at 3 a.m., he was arrested in front of the Hampton Inn Hotel near LaGuardia Airport for allegedly refusing to pay a $32 cab fare from Manhattan. While inside the police station, he flew into a rage and delivered a concussion-causing punch to the head of a New York Police Department sergeant. Apparently, it was the mention of fingerprinting that triggered his violence violent reaction. I knew it couldn't have been the mention of, say, the Packers or Bears. It took several men to confront him, guys. A taser was also unaffected uh, as he pulled the probes out of his body. The big surprise? He's currently under mental evaluation. All I can say is, he must have an IQ of two when it takes three to grunt. He was elevated from the Lions' practice of meat squad and was on the Lions' 2018 active roster, yet he can't afford a cab ride? Hey, Mrs. Ford, can you please give him a pay raise, please? He showed more strength and fight than any Lion defender I've read about in years. It's nice for once to see the Lion players go cuckoo as I tell all the people all the time how crazy I am to be a Lions fan. Does anything good happen after 3 a.m.? My guess is that he was amped up on some drug. Some say drugs are everywhere in professional sports. All I can say is that if current Lion defenders are using performance-enhancing drugs, they may want to cancel their current prescription and take a shot of whatever Trevor ingested. We may win eight next year.
0: Now, before we go on, I just want to tell our listeners again about uh, Corona Public Schools. They have kindergarten registration coming up March 7th and 8th. It's time to sign up those future Cavaliers. Give a call to the school. That's 989-743-1579. Ensure your child will take a giant leap into the future. Like we've said many times before, young or old, it's great to be gold. Speaking of Corona, the Corona Connection, (laughs) one of our sponsors, you can follow them online at CoronaConnection.com and also, right now, we'll have our Corona Connection corner Corona girls number three in the state in division two they beat Goodrich last week 61 to 51 now 12 and0 on the season 6 and0 in the GAC red our alma mater boys continues to roll and they beat a really good Goodrich team how about that?
1: That's awesome. They must I mean, with the volleyball team and other sports. They must have a really good uh, group of girls in the
0: school right now. They absolutely do. And, you know, the boys lost a hard-fought contest to the Martians, 64-59, to fall to 9-5 and on the season. This week, the Castle will broadcast St. John's at Hazlitt, 6 o'clock Friday. All right, guys, before we wrap up the show and get ready for the Super Bowl as we... Uh, start preparing our food and get ready for the parties. Let's wrap up this show, as we always seem to do, and and talk a little uh, pop culture current events. So the topic of our conversation today, as we mentioned
2: on last week's pod, I said if you did not watch Remember the Titans by today's recording, I was going to spoil the entire movie for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So before I do so, have you seen Remember the Titans?
0: Well, let, let me ask a question first, all right? Now, you obviously saw it, Jared. Right, yep, great movie, many times, many a time. So, so you're you're a fan of it, great movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was it factual? Did they cover all the facts of the story?
1: Uh, it's based on a true let's story.
0: See based on a true story, right? I mean, right. but did they did they cover it all the facts? Was it completely factual? They did. They did more than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, uh-huh. right. you see where I'm going? You think so, huh? Bohemian Rhapsody had a couple of minor things to make the movie move along. You had a big problem with that.
2: My problem with Remember the Titans, is, and I think, and maybe I'll just be able to cuck your own take here, is that – how about that for a word? Cuck.
0: Cuck hold? <laughs> You've that- been watching movies, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. So my problem with that movie is that they act like it was such a Cinderella story that they won uh, the state championship – T, I think I can't think of the team's name at the top of my head now. But they were a powerhouse uh, before they joined schools, and they had two All Americans on this roster. It's not like it was some scrubby team that just had a Rudy type underdog story of you know becoming great. They, they it was they were the they were the favorite by a long shot. So it wasn't that they tried to paint it. They probably blew out everyone
0: that year. But but back to what my original question was, and you've, you've kind of answered it for me. You really liked the movie, it, you enjoyed it, but. They stretch the truth on certain things, correct?
2: Such as, you, yeah. Let's see. How about you have some facts
4: to back this up before you get on a whole
2: rant? Well,
0: no, I don't have to. I don't have to. Are you telling me that uh, it's been uh, proven that the the coach's daughter really was his assistant coach and telling him what to run and all that stuff? You think so? Oh,
1: that no, that is that. That's one thing that is true. Is it? <laughs> yep. I mean, maybe, maybe the itself. movie like <laughs> elaborated a little on it, but I have read that. The coach's daughter was very involved.
0: Okay, I'll give you that one then. All right, I guess uh, I can't verify the script and and the exact uh, play call she was making and and the way she behaved, but okay. But how about about the rest of it? You think all the locker room stuff and everything that went on was all completely factual? Are you talking about the
2: scene where Ronnie Bass kisses uh, another man?
0: No, I mean, I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm just talking in generality.
2: It's not 100% true how could how could it be 100% true it's well, a movie
0: well it's the same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody that I just wanted to bring this all around you had the worst problem with that movie because they uh they they turned things around a little bit yeah because they kind of but it made it a better move it made Freddie it a Mercury better movie story. but it made it they, a better movie they
2: did Freddie Mercury dirty in that movie oh, and that was baloney. not fair
0: baloney but anyway back to remember the Titans I watched it it was good you know like I said I didn't I didn't have any big problem with uh the so-called non- facts but when I did watch it I thought of you Jared and and your criticism of Bohemian Rhapsody and it's the same thing in that movie as far as I'm concerned but I will say this Denzel solid as always
1: so if we really want to get into this oh, we oh. could spend a lot of time on this go ahead did a quick quick Google search of remember the Titans yep there's a slew of articles talking about. There's one from Deadspin called "Remember the Titans" is a lie. <laughs> there's an article on Grueling Truth, another uh, website like Deadspin. Nineteen Lies in "Remember the Titans." So
0: okay, I didn't even have to look it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot. I think it's one of the, it's it's based on a true story. Like yes. some of the years, uh, you know, I guess that the school was integrated actually well before that season. So that that's not necessarily true that that was definitely an issue obviously that school integrating black and white kids but it wasn't that same season that they won the state championship so
0: see don't and don't get me wrong i think it was a decent movie i mean hey let's face it you work for disney it was a disney movie it was right, right. It, it was right down the disney line i have no problem with that i mean it's a, it's a family movie you know? So what if, if it wasn't completely factual? Okay. My whole point was, you know, Jared had the biggest problem with Bohemian Rhapsody because it wasn't 100% factual.
2: Right. My, uh, Well, my, you got me on a tangent now. Bohemian Rhapsody, if you want to just watch Bohemian Rhapsody, like the whole climax of the movie, is just a shot-for-shot shot remake of the Live Aid concert. Just go to YouTube and watch the Live Aid concert.
0: <laughs> and that's the part of the movie that I was the most fascinated with, that they pulled it <laughs> off exactly like the original. Just you just
2: go. It's a great. It's great, It's cool. But it's like, just go watch the original.
0: See, there's there's the generation gap right there. Of course, you know that I'm a huge Queen fan, and you know you just don't know the whole history and everything about it.
1: This is actually like really interesting. If you guys have time.
0: Yeah. Why not?
1: This stuff up. Uh, I I don't need to go through them all. But the one thing talking about how good that team was. One of the lies that says were the Titans often the underdogs, as the film implies. No, not even close. The Titans were almost always heavy favorites and outscored opponents by a whopping 338 to 38. That included nine shutouts and a 27-0 state championship win. So,
2: huh.
1: yeah, they, yeah were, they, two they were pretty dominant.
0: <laughs> wow. Now two I'm assuming I'm assuming the one true story was one of their players was in an accident and got paralyzed.
1: Yep, that that was the next one. Gary Bertier was he paralyzed in a car accident? Partially true. It happened after the season, so oh. he he played in the state championship game.
4: Oh,
1: so so that that was obviously probably a big deal because yeah he was all American he probably was going to go play in college and everything so he got paralyzed so they you know they Disneyed it up a little bit and made it before the so
0: that is almost almost <laughs> perfectly the same as Freddie Mercury giving his announcement of having HIV to the band prior to Live Aid little stretch of the truth very similar
2: I mean you know hey. most movies do that sure <laughs> you know
0: I know that's why I usually don't See, have a problem I- with it.
2: If they lie about, but something that they didn't even need to lie about, like Freddie Mercury has an interesting enough story as it is. The fact that they just, lie, the only thing that we know, I know that they lied about was that. That just makes me wonder what else did they make up that really didn't need to be made up, just to make themselves look so better. So you as
0: won't, a you just won't listen to your uncle, who is a humongous Queen fan, and take my word for it that. For the most part, they did a pretty damn good job with that movie portraying the band Queen and Freddie Mercury. You won't take my word for it.
2: Well, does it make you a little bit nervous that he's got such an interesting life that they didn't need to mess mess up anything with it, but they did? Does that make you wonder about the factual truth of the
6: movie?
0: No, because you'd have to get a lot more specific. The only thing, the really big thing that seemed to bother you was he made that announcement to the band when that's not what happened. Pretty much the rest of the movie... Was pretty much what happened. So I I don't get your whole argument, Jared.
2: You put this argument on me. <laughs> this, uh, we were talking about remember the Titans. I don't know. You always just it's, it's,
0: no you, no. You, I'm talking brain, about Bohemian. I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody right now. Your
2: brain goes in a in a constant circle. Oh I didn't. Oh Greta Van Fleet. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Football. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Bohemian Rhapsody. Football. It just it's just a constant oh, circle my in your goodness. brain.
0: I love you, Jared. It is, it is fun to uh, look at things from uh, different generations, that's for sure. Matt, unfortunately, you're stuck in the middle.
1: You know, I, I still, I, I'll admit, I haven't seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yet. I was waiting for it to be on, like, Redbox or, you know, whatever, come out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, that's I can't really for. chime in much. I haven't seen it yet.
0: That's okay. When you do see it, I'd, I'd definitely like to hear your take now that you know where us two come from.
1: I was gonna say I I feel like I have to watch this movie now so I can
2: settle the score.
0: <laughs> I did want to get one more thing when we're gonna let uh, we're, go ahead, Jared. You got something?
2: No, I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm interested to hear your last thing.
0: Well, um, have either one of you seen uh, the HBO series The Sopranos?
2: I've seen a
1: couple episodes. I, I haven't seen it from start to finish. Jared, I know how it ends. I
2: don't. I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. As somebody that dangled the spoiling. Remember the Titans? I've actually just kind of started starting to watch The
0: Sopranos. Okay, well then I'll hold the thought, but I'm going to put this on the table. First of all, you know, I set you up on The Godfather. I didn't set you wrong there, right? Nope, you didn't. Sopranos is more of a modern day Godfather thing. I I think if you stick with it, and and Matt, if you start at the beginning and start watching it as as a series and as a binge thing, one of the best television series ever made. Well, they've got an upcoming movie. James Gandolfini's son, Michael, he's currently in a HBO series called The Deuce, but he's going to play young Tony Soprano in in a movie called The Many Saints of Newark, and I am really looking forward to that. I mean, that's going to be awesome, and he has all his dad's mannerisms down, kind of looks like a young uh, James Gandolfini or Tony Soprano, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's,
2: uh, from what I've, I've seen the first three episodes, it's awesome.
0: It's Good. awesome. I and mean, it gets better, too, man. I, I, there was not any weak part of that. You said, Matt, you saw the last episode?
1: Well, I, I have seen the last episode, then I, like, randomly saw a few. I had some roommates who were watching it in college, so I would, like, catch it here and there, you know. So yeah, yeah. I definitely need to go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. take my word for it. Binge it. It's on Amazon right now, if you have Amazon. And I did happen to actually watch uh, I, You know, I can't end a pod without getting somewhat political. Bada-bing! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, somewhat <laughs> political. All right, uh, uh, Michael Moore. We all know Michael Moore, and he's about as uh, liberal as you can be. Out of Flint, Michigan. Oh, God. He makes pretty good documentaries, though, and I, I've got one I think you guys would watch, and and you'll have to tell me if you like it or not. He did one called Fahrenheit Eleven 9 mm-hmm. It's about the uh, the Trump Nine election, 11, right? Well, it's about Trump getting elected and how he got elected as president. Oh, he did a new one. Yeah, it's a new one. He did 9-11 first, but now this one's called 11-9, and it's the whole setting the stage how Donald Trump really became president. And what I have to give Michael Moore credit for, and I, I don't want this podcast to be a political thing where I'm on one side or the other because we'll lose 50% of our listeners. Right. But what I'll say is he does a pretty good job on this one, setting uh, the story, showing how uh, how Mr. Trump got elected, but he's not he's not just a single Democratic basher of Republicans because he does take on Trump, he takes on uh, Rick Snyder, the the governor of Michigan with the whole Flint water crisis, and he takes on Barack Obama when it comes to the water in Flint. So I would say if you get a chance, you get a couple hours and you want to watch a, a pretty entertaining documentary, Fahrenheit 11.9 is on Amazon right now. The under, One other thing politically that I wanted to just get on the table, and again, I don't want to get where I lean, most people can tell where I lean, but CNN. Now, I used to watch CNN for, really, my cable news source, right? And I still do as far as breaking news stories. If there's something breaking, like a shooting somewhere, I'm going to CNN. But they have turned so against the president, just watching him in the Rose Garden, making the announcement ending the government shutdown, right? The very first thing out of the commentator's mouth when he came out of that, was what a travesty! What a waste of thirty-five days! Whether whether you believe that or don't believe that, is it really their their spot to comment on it? Aren't they there really just to deliver the news? That's the disappointing thing for CNN that I have right now. Thought?
1: Sure. the The same could be said about Fox News, though.
0: It absolutely can. But I, you know, right now CNN's fallen into the Fox broadcasting mentality, just on the opposite side. I do like to just get even-minded even, even minded news, if you will, laid out to me. I can make my own decisions on things. I don't really need the talking heads telling me how I should think. That's one thing that just drives me crazy on Facebook, drives me crazy on Twitter, you know, is all the political stuff.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it used to be, yeah, more like down the middle that all these, you know, different news networks and news agencies or whatever, maybe they leaned one way or the other, but it wasn't so far right or so far left to where, like, they would present the news and let you make your decision on, you know, how you feel about it. Right. Now it does seem like, depending on which one you watch, they're telling you how to feel about it. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you lean one way, you're going to watch one. If you lean another way, you're going to watch that one. So it just, like, feeds into your mindset or whatever. Yeah. So I, I feel like there's a really big problem with that because, you know, if whether it's Fox News or CNN – they're just like, like I said, they're just feeding into your mindset, whichever way you believe. And you should, they you, they should be there to just give you the
4: news.
0: I 100% agree. And, you know, we, we tend to, this is an older generation thing now, my wife and I watch the ABC nightly news every night, you know, I usually record it and watch it in like 20 minutes, you know, and they do a pretty good job being just delivering the news, you know, Not, you can tell that yeah, they're maybe a little against the president, but they deliver it pretty straightforward, and that's that's how I'd prefer my news source to be. Just give me the facts; I'll make my own decision. Right. Jared, Jared, thoughts? Are got you still politics. awake?
2: You gotta, how about the politics, guys?
0: Well, we have to get into it <laughs> once in a while. I mean, and you're the future, Jared. I've told you this before. You got to register to vote and go out and vote.
1: Yeah, and that I mean that to that point, it's kind of the shame of the whole news. The problem with you know Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, you know whichever one it is is that you know if you have people who maybe like Jared not to point fingers at Jared but you know maybe some people even older people who haven't ever really paid attention to the news politics or whatever and they you know finally decide like okay you know what? I'm really going to like make an effort this election I'm going to pay attention you know I'm going to try and educate myself so what do they do they turn on one of these you know I'm going to watch some CNN I'm going to watch some Fox News it's a shame that you know they they go to one of those sources to get some legitimate information and like you said, they, these networks are very one-sided. So, you know, for someone who isn't already educated or hasn't really, you know, done their own, uh, you know, research or whatever, these networks are just like trying to brainwash people
2: almost.
0: Yeah, it's
2: probably not good. I mean, the only time I've even thought or even looked at anything regarding politics was when Donald Trump served McDonald's and Burger King to Clemson football team. The only time I really <laughs> ever dabble in it is when it involves sports. Same thing goes for, like, when Barack Obama was president. Really, the only thing I ever watched, and it was my favorite video every year, was when he picked his bracket
0: pool. That's about it. To be fair, I mean, that's what we would expect. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't tuned into it as well. I'm just trying to help move you along up the ladder here in the world, in the real world, Jared.
1: It is weird how it happens, because, like, my wife and I and, like, our friends and stuff, we talk about it, like, I was the same way, Jared. I mean, yeah, I guess I would pay attention a little bit. Or, you know, some college classes, you get into the stuff. For the most part, I didn't care. You know, I, I really didn't care a whole lot. And now, like, sometimes we'll get together with friends and we'll talk about, like, politics for a while. Or we'll talk about, like, kids. In politics. Yep. And we're like, what the hell happened to us? I
0: know. It's sad, what isn't to it? Us? It's the next phase, Jared. And by the way, enjoy the phase you're in because I certainly remember going out drinking on the weekends, chasing the women, and having nothing but fun. <laughs> Those days are gone.
1: Yep. You still have some fun, but you got to worry about all this.
0: It's a different kind of fun.
1: Adult stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, before we get to Jack Strap, who's going to give some thoughts on the Super Bowl, guys, did you did we get our final picks on the game? I'm 27-24 Rams. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I got the Patriots winning 42-41, and, and my reason for that is simple. The, the the Rams don't have a very good pass rush. They have the big names. They have Aaron Donald. They have Namakung Su, but they're 25th in the league in sacks, and the Kansas City Chiefs were 5th in the league, and they didn't sack Tom Brady once. So what right. that makes me think is that Tom Brady's just going to be able to sit back there and pick them apart? And that's not how you beat Tom Brady. You have to get pressure on him.
0: Yeah, and I want to make sure I said it right. I had the Patriots over the Rams, twenty-seven, twenty-four. How about you, Matt?
1: What? So Jared, so twenty-seven, twenty-four Patriots um, for you. What did you say, Jared? I know forty-two, forty-one, but the
2: I, the, the, are, the I just don't think the Rams are. I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to get any pressure on uh, Tom okay. Brady. No, I just so, yeah, I didn't I hear who you Patriots actually win. picked. I heard the score, but yeah, forty-two, forty-one Patriots.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. I was kind of in the middle of both of that. I was. I was thinking like 31-28, 31-27. So I'll go 31-28 Patriots. Um, Kind of a similar thing. I I think the Patriots have proven that they can score with the best of them, and, you know, I think the Rams' offense is really good too. So, uh, man, 42-41, that'd be an entertaining game.
0: That'd be a hell of a game. I hope so, man. Coming after those semifinal games, that'd be an awesome day. And, you know, may have to call in sick the next day.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't wait. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be fun. Uh, right. Super Bowl Sunday,
1: no, baby. Super Bowl Sunday. With these uh, preview shows or like the expert pits or picks or whatever. Right. If it's, a, if it's a clean sweep for one team, the other team's going to win, right?
0: Yep. That's right.
1: So All put right. your money on the
2: Rams, I guess. Let's do it. The Patriots are wearing white jerseys, and 12 out of the last 14 Super Bowl winners have been wearing white.
5: Ooh. So. There's a stat right there. I like it. This is Scotty from Ann Arbor, and I'm going to tell you why the New England Patriots are going to be Super Bowl 53 champions. Both offenses have been prolific this year, with both teams in the top four of scoring. The ability to score won't be an issue for either team, rather it's a matter of how the defenses can contain their opponent, and I think the Patriots do this better. The Patriots were 11th against the run in the regular season, while the Rams are 23rd. Conversely, the Rams did show to be better against the pass at 14th in the league, and the Patriots came in at 22nd. The stat that draws me in, however, is the fact that the Patriots are 7th in points allowed at 20.3 points per game, and the Rams are 20th at 24 points per game. I think that's telling of the Rams' defense. They have flashy and dominant superstars in Aaron Donald, Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, and Akeem Tlaib, but it's a collective unit that may rely on those big plays from those players too often rather than them being a reliable collective unit. The Patriots to me seem like a more cohesive unit and possibly more fundamentally sound with a league low 9% missed tackle rate during the regular season. Sue and Donald will be a problem of the middle of the whole game, and I think extra attention will be given to those players, leaving the tackles in some one-on-one situations. I don't think that will be much of a problem, as left tackle Trent Brown has had a solid season and is currently the second-best rated tackle by pro football focus in the playoffs. Even though the Patriots' offensive line will have their hands full, they have risen to the occasion, as Brady has been the least pressured QB in the playoffs at 15.6%, and that's come against some great pass rushers in Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, of the Chargers, and the Chiefs, who led the league in sacks this year. I expect a combination of better defensive play and the more than adequate offensive line to propel Tom Brady and the Patriots to their sixth Super Bowl title.
0: Well, let's let's see what Jack uh, Strap is up to and what his thoughts are on the Super Bowl.
6: Matt, Fred, Jerry, we are in Florida, where the weather is not scary. We traveled down here in our van, and we're staying at the K O A. Jake is working on his tan, and I'm working on the van, and that's not okay. I'm finally out of jail, but I'm still on probation. If they drug test
0: me, I may fail, but hell, I'm on vacation.
4: And guys, I'm sitting here by the pond looking at the pretty birdies, and tomorrow I have a 3 p.m. medical appointment to see if I have herpes. Thanks, Jack. Hey, you're uh, welcome. So we have our 15-inch RCA television, and we
6: have great reception. We will gather on Sunday to watch Goff throw at least two or three interceptions. I love Super Bowl commercials, especially GoDaddy ads, and the halftime show, too. But our food
0: here at KOA sucks real bad.
4: I think Jared Goff is cute, but I like Brady, too. I especially like the Rams' defense in this one, especially with Ndomenik and Sue. It's offensive genius versus Boo
6: Belichick. It's Brady versus Goff. It's Bedlam versus Bedcheck. I can't wait for kickoff. In the end, experience matters, guys, as Belichick, the mastermind, will find a way to pressure Goff, and Brady will leave the Rams' defense in shatters. By halftime, I'll be... Cutting my son Jake off. And now our Super Bowl predictions from the entire strap crew.
0: You may think I'm suffering from severe dereliction. That could be true. But I'm taking the Rams 38 to 32.
6: Jake, I think you're a moron with several unhealthy addictions, but I'm taking the Patriots 38 and the Rams 32. I reversed it for you.
4: Now, let's be kind and gentle, Jack. Jake is not a moron. If you can't be nice to your son, I'll tell the podcast about your summer drunk fest while visiting at Sally in Port Huron. I'm picking the Rams because of their defense. The game will be high scoring with lots of great plays on offense. But in the end, the Rams will prevail as Brady's line will fail. Brady will be sacked at least three times. His good fortune has been spent. I'm not sure did that rhyme. I'll give it here. So,
6: there you have it, fellas. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Jackie thinks the Rams will make Brady play bad by making him hurry. And I think experience matters. The Patriots will have a fun day on Sunday. And for the record, guys, I hope uh, the doctor doesn't find herpes with Jackie. Sorry, Jackie.
0: Well, I'm with Jake on the GoDaddy ads. And, yes, good luck to Jackie on her uh, <coughs> her appointment. Guys... <laughs> Any final thoughts before we close yep. this pod?
1: Just, How many Super just, Bowls do you think Jack has seen in his lifetime?
0: He's seen them all. I know I have.
2: <laughs> Dang, wow, that really aged you bad.
0: Think wow. about that. 53. Well, 52, yeah, this Johnson is 53.
2: Go out, to, go out to Jackie with her surgery. <laughs> yeah,
0: good luck to her for sure. All right, guys, this is a long podcast. Hopefully our, our listeners stick with us, but a lot of fun. Probably didn't even get into all the stuff we were going to, but I think we covered most of it. We'll just call it a show for now. And remember, share this 3 Point Podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Be a part of a future pod and record a short commentary or question. Send it to us at our podcast page, Twitter or Instagram at 3 Pod. You can also email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks again to our podcasting partners on board now for a run. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse & Grill, the Corona Connection and Corona Public Schools and our recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks also to Scott Johnson of WNEM TV 5 for joining us. Watch him on television or follow him on Twitter at ScottJohnsonTV. That's Scott with one T. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast.
4: skin and how it mixes it